I, you know, I point this out, you know, people are pointing to all these different issues in our society, and yes, we gotta deal with all of them, but I think this is the heart of it. And it's very uncomfortable to talk about, and it's, and it's not easy to look at and say, okay, how do we confront this? How do we kind of make God more realistically the, the center of our lives? Hey y'all, welcome back to Native Soil. This is episode 12. And on this episode, I respond to kind of a, a common question you hear as a priest, and that is, Father, how did we get here? We take a look at the world around us and all of its troubles. We take a look at the church that is struggling in so many ways with scandals, with low number of vocations, with fledgling mass attendance with young people leaving all the time, and people incredulously say, Father, how do we get here? And on one hand, I can appreciate where people are coming from. It is kind of dumbfounding as, as you look at it. But from the other hand, I think, isn't it pretty obvious? And I think some of this is, you know, if you think about our experiences as Catholics in particular, we came here as poor immigrant people. We had nothing. And when we came here, we clung to our faith because it was really the only thing we had. And so before we invested in our own personal homes or whatever, we scrapped together our, our leftover change and we built some of America's most beautiful cathedrals, St. Patrick's in New York being a great uh, hallmark. And the, the parish was where life was lived and we kind of had this poor immigrant experience we had a whole army of religious brothers and sisters that educated us and almost in one generation did something miraculous and basically brought us into mainstream American life where we were able to start competing for the same jobs, we were able to start competing in the same social circles, and before you know, we have an American president who's Catholic and we have Catholics who are owning businesses and very prominent in different aspects of life. But with each generation, we got a little bit wealthier, we got a little more plugged in, we got a little more stuff, and the faith became less and less forefront. Whereas we once scrapped together kind of uh, what money we had left over to build beautiful cathedrals, and then we kind of lived in humble homes, now we build kind of big palatial homes, and whatever is left over we might throw at the church, to make whatever kind of churches that we have. Uh, on every level, in, in many ways in American society, uh, we've chosen mammon over God. Jesus says you can't serve both God and mammon, but for a couple generations, we have chosen very heartfully mammon over God. Stuff has somehow become the center of our lives. So much so that it is hard for us to even have time or space left over to really deal with the things of God. And in many ways for us as believers too, I mean, we believe in God, we believe he's there, but you know, some writers said in some ways we're kind of practical atheists because when it comes to any kind of decision-making, when it comes to the ways that we spend money, the ways in which we educate, the ways in which we um, choose jobs or choose where we're going to live, we basically do it on our own. We do it without God's involvement. And I see this 
very much prevalent when dealing with young people around our diocese. As I challenge young people to try to think about what does God want to do in your life? How might he be calling you to build his kingdom? The number one reason that kids balk at that, that they are not sure what to do with that, is because of their preconceived ideas of what success is. I've mentioned this in earlier episodes, but people think, you know, they think about priesthood and it's like, well, how is this going to fit into me having a nice house and a nice job and this salary and 1.5 kids? None of this computes. <laughs> this is totally outside of the parameters that I've absorbed uh, growing up. And nobody sits you down at some point and says, okay, this is what matters. But you aren't dumb growing up. You absorb what matters from the, the space that you're in. And so I think that we really have to evaluate and say, what really matters to us? How do we very, in a practical way, put God at the center of our lives? Because um, otherwise, it's very hard for us to consider his calling in our life. If all of our decisions are going to be made on what's going to make me the most money, what's going to get me the most stuff, what's going to give me the most comfortable lifestyle, we're going to be very limited in what we're able to do for God and what we're even able to hear him suggest or speak to us. Um, one thing you see with guys who are thinking about priesthood, it's interesting, you know, if a young guy out of high school says, you know, I'm, I'm going to West Point, everybody's like, oh man, good for you, that's awesome, like pat you on the back, like that's such like a respectful thing. Uh, and, you know, by going to West Point, he's like locking himself into a pretty serious commitment to pursue a military career and all. Um, if a young, but they don't, you don't get a whole lot of uh, pushback on that. It's, oh man, good for you, that's great. If a young guy out of high school says, I'm going to seminary, there's <laughs> a very different response. It's kind of, are you sure you want to do this? You know, it, you can try, but just, you can always leave. You can always leave. And that is true with seminary, but um, you wouldn't say that to anybody else making a big decision. Like, hey, you know, it's okay you're doing it, but just know you can always leave. I think it kind of gets at, there's this brokenness of like, God is not number one. He's not worth making like, big commitments or big investments because it might mitigate basically our slice of the American dream, which has been promised to us. And the tough thing that nobody really wants to talk about, everyone likes to point to all these different things in, in American society that are holding us back. But basically it's the one thing for liberals, conservatives, everything, is that we've chosen mammon as opposed to God being number one in our life. Every other problem in our society virtually can trace back to that one decision. Archbishop Brody many times will ask young people, he'll say, you know, there's two questions that people in American society rarely ask themselves. The first question is, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? What do I want to do with my life, basically? And a lot of times our decisions, you know, I was thinking about being a, a doctor before uh, going into seminary. Archbishop was thinking about going into law school totally legitimate professions, totally wonderful things that God can call you to do. But I think both of us could attest to, we didn't do those things because we had some sense of calling, some sense of deep-rooted, like this is where I'm called to put down roots and like build up God's kingdom. It just was a safe bet to live the American dream. It was a safe bet for people to pat you on the back and say, hey, good job, you've done well. You are quote unquote successful. But so that's the first question is, what do you want to do with your life? What are you passionate about? What would you find to be fulfilling? 
These are questions that young people don't tend to ask themselves as intentionally. Um, that's one starting place. The second, the second question that's, that's even further kind of a, a, a reach would be, what is God calling me to do with my life? Now that takes us to a whole nother level of uh, God, you know, having this plan for our life and having the sense of like valuing his insight above all else. Maybe where he calls you will make you super rich. You'll live the American dream. You'll have all those things. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. But maybe you'll be middle class. Maybe you'll be, you know, celibate like myself. Maybe you will uh, take a vow of poverty and be religious. Who knows? But putting the ball on his court can be a very scary thing, but it's a very faithful thing to do. And so I think, you know, I point this out, you know, people are pointing to all these different issues in our society. And yes, we got to deal with all of them, but I think this is the heart of it. And it's very uncomfortable to talk about, and it's, and it's not easy to look at and say, okay, how do we confront this? How do we kind of make God more realistically the, the center of our lives? But I think it's a conversation we really need to start having. And if you think about, if you're raising children right now, what do you want your kids' sense of their own worth and success to be as they grow up? What do you want to be the barometer to be like, okay, am I successful or not? Is it just, is the number one thing going to be their job and how much money they make? Because if it is, we are doing our young people a disservice for them fully understanding their worth and fully being able to respond to the fullness of what God has planned for us. Not that money doesn't matter at all, or, or, but it can't be number one. It can't be our number one pursuit. It can't be the number one thing that we revolve our life around, and it can't be our number one way in which we relate to our native soil. Because when we look at our native soil, when we look at our communities, and we look at the needs there, the first thought cannot be, what will this cost me? It has to first be, God, how can you use what you have gifted me? How can you use what is in me to serve and cultivate the soil? Cost and all things, these are secondary considerations. But if our first line of thought when it comes to our life, when it comes to our self-worth, when it comes to our place on our native soil, if our first thought is money, then we are not allowing God to be God. We have to deal with all the practical considerations, but these are secondary considerations. Some of you might be listening to this and thinking, Alabama's poor. We don't have a whole lot of stuff. Father, how does this really relate to us? And a lot of times, you know, Alabama's a place that's maybe last. You know, there's, Ameri there's, there's cultural trends, whether it's positive or negative. We can be some of the last people to, to pick up on those just because of uh, where we're situated uh, geographically and socioeconomically. But at the same time, we, we are a place of deep faith. You know, we are in the Bible Belt. We are in a place where there's a lot of belief in God. But these are trends that affect all of us. You know, material, materialism and um, kind of this whole idea of being practical atheists. Like we're, we're all touched by this. Maybe not as much, you know, as other places of the country where church attendance is even less and belief in God is maybe even less. But I think there is a call here in the southern half of Alabama is all the more... We have a responsibility. Maybe we're last in a lot of the socioeconomic trends and a lot of things which, which need to be addressed. But maybe we can be first in putting God first. 
Maybe we can be first in inviting God to bless our native soil. Maybe we can be first in inviting God to be the center of our families, our lives, our communities, our neighborhoods, and turning to God as the solution to, A, what is God calling me to do with my life? But B, how am I supposed to use my life to serve my brothers and sisters and help bring about healing, peace, unity, and the, in, the, in the face of a very divided and very kind of at odds world? I think that's something we really need to think and pray about. How does God want to work here in Alabama for this to be a place where we uniquely and strongly put God first and help to mitigate some of this trend in Americanism of, of kind of putting mammon first, putting stuff, putting money, putting things first, but basically putting God, loving God and loving neighbor. Let these be seeds we plant on our native soil and give them a chance to really bear very rich fruits for us here in the southern half Alabama, but also for the rest of the country and beyond. So I challenge you to think about how can you choose God over mammon? How can God be more and more the center of your life and allow him to come into your decision making, come into the way in which you spend money, come into the way in which you decide your careers, your, your family size, where you're going to live, everything, because he's God. And that's his rightful role in our life. Let's ask Blessed Mother, she who says yes to God, she who above all things, even at the face of the ridicule and the incomprehension of the world around her, she just says, yes, God, I don't understand exactly how this is going to work out. I don't understand exactly the way people are going to make of this, but I say yes to you. We need her help today more than ever to figure out what does it mean to choose God over mammon. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Through her intercession, may God bless you all, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, and look forward to seeing you back here on Native Soil. Mm -hmm.